everyone. Good morning and welcome to the house of God. We're so glad to be here with you. And I believe that God has a word for you today. I'm going to talk to you about your troubles. And no one is exempt from troubles. We all have to face troubles almost every day, right? But we need God's perspective on our troubles. We need to understand what is God saying to us in the midst of our troubles. And what is God doing in us in the midst of our troubles? Because God's up to something good. And he's always doing something good. For it is God that is at work within us, in us, both to will and to do of his good pleasure. And we believe that God is doing something wonderful even in the troubles that we face. But before I say anything else, I want to just say this before I pray. And that is, my wife gave me this on the way to church today. It's not even one of my points of my message. And that is, <clears throat> we go through troubles. We go through trials and tribulations in life, don't we? But trials are never because God is mad at you. Let me say it again. Trials are happening in your life. Never. It's not because God is mad at you that he is allowing this trial. Did you hear me? Troubles in your life is not a result of God being mad at you. He loves you. And God is always desiring to see his purposes accomplished even in the midst of our trials. And the second thing I want to say is that your troubles won't last forever. Man, those should have been the first two bullet points of my message. Your troubles won't last forever. Your troubles have a timeline on them. So I want to preach to you from trouble to triumph. Let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray, God, that you would open our eyes, our ears, and our hearts to receive what you want to say to us in the midst of this, Lord. What we're going through right now, God, is, might not be pleasant, but God you, we need your perspective. We need your word over us. We need your presence. We need to know, God, that you're with us, God. We need, Lord, to know what you're doing in us in the midst of this trial in our lives. Father, we pray, God, that you would open hearts. God, I pray, God, that you would light up the path. God, your word is a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. I pray that you would illuminate the path that we're to walk on, how we're to navigate through these things in our lives. Open up, Lord, our hearts to receive your word this morning. In Jesus' name, and everybody said, amen. amen. Hi, I'm Pastor Lenny. It's good to be with you in the house of God. Come on, let's praise him. Do you remember that one kid in school that was always a troublemaker? I mean, Maybe, well, was it you? <laughs> you know, everywhere around this kid, there was trouble. And then he got you in trouble just by association. You were in the same vicinity as that person, so therefore you're in trouble because he's in trouble. He's always in trouble. But like, things happen with people, and trouble happens in our lives, sometimes not based on what we've done, even though we can cause our own trouble sometimes. Come on, can we be honest? But... Really, sometimes we just live in a fallen world and people do stupid things and things happen to people and things happen around us and it could cause a lot of troubles in our lives. So 
None of us is exempt from it because the Bible says that he causes the rain to fall on the just and the unjust. He causes his sun to rise upon the just and the unjust. Listen, he's not a, a respecter of persons in that way. Listen, we all go through things, but listen, by the end of this message, I'm praying that you realize, yeah, you're going through some of the same things as your neighbor, but you've got a whole different perspective on it. You have hope. You have life on the inside of you that God is producing in you through it. There's something wonderful that's happening on the inside of you. And I believe that God's going to show you that by the end of this message. Job 5, 6 says this, For affliction does not come from the dust, nor does trouble sprout from the ground, but man is born to trouble as the sparks fly upward. Jerry and I have a real masonry fireplace in our home. Not a gas fireplace, but a real wood-burning fireplace. Not a wood-burning stove, but a real fireplace. And we absolutely love it. It creates, like on winter nights, it creates the, I mean, my wife wants to light the, the other night she said, can we light the fireplace? I was like, Jerry, it's 95 degrees out. Well, let's just turn down the air conditioner. Because we love the ambiance, the, the, the feel, the fire crackling and the, you know, there's just nothing like it. But what happens is as that burn, as that wood is burning, it sends sparks up the chimney. But who knows that this, if a spark could make it all the way up the chimney, out the chimney and land on a pile of dry leaves somewhere and start a fire. Such is true in life. We were innocent, but now there's a fire in the backyard. We didn't do any, and that happens in life. Not everything that we have, everything that we're going through is self-inflicted. There's just things that happen in this world that we can't control. And, and so we, we need to have that kind of perspective going into this message that you understand that yeah, the world is filled with trouble. There's national trouble. There's, there's local trouble and there's family troubles. And there's even personal struggles. Wars going on on the inside of us. Right? And I need to know, God, is this going to be forever? Is this trial going to last? When is this going to all end? How long is this going to last? We live in a world filled with trouble. We live in turbulent times, national trouble, international risks, political unrest, election season is upon us, COVID, gender confusion, inflation, recession, and economic issues, community safety. Not only are we encompassed with so many things around us that are troubling, we too in our own personal and private lives may be experiencing troubles from every side. Family issues, marriage crises, social pressure, financial difficulty, the effects of people's bad decisions on us. And even within ourselves, we could be suffering something physically. We could be go th going through emotional or mental things and even be in some spiritual battles. We all face trials of different types. But the question is, will these trials last forever? I need God's perspective on troubles in my life. But listen, there's two ways that you could go through it. 
You could either go through it without God or with God. The problem in this world is that so many people blame God when they go through trouble. And they, they like, they, 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 you know, they, they strong arm God and they're just like, no, I don't want anything to do with you because, you know, you allowed this thing in my life or, or you did this thing in my life. Listen, but, but, but God is with us. He, the, the response that we need to have to God as we go through troubles is not blame God, but to ask God to come near. The Bible says, draw near to God and he will draw near to you, right? Draw near to God and then he will draw near to you. God, I need you right now. And we would find Jesus to be right there as we walk through the valleys of life, as we walk through troubled times. He understands and knows that we're going through difficulty, but we can go through it with faith or without faith. The person that goes through their troubles without God and without faith is, is a person that goes without hope. They're the most miserable people on planet Earth because there's no end to the, to, there's no answer. There's no purpose. There's no reason. Why, why is God allowing this to happen in my life? We need the perspective of the word of God. That's why we come to church on Sunday mornings. I want to hear what God says about something. Listen, I want to know God's word and I want to know God's ways. If I know God's word and God's ways, that's going to help me navigate through this life. And even though my neighbor might be walking through the same thing as me, I've got a whole different perspective than he does. I've got a 180 view of, from what the way he's looking at his troubles compared to the way that I'm looking at mine. Because God is giving me wisdom and God has given me purpose and God has given me instruction from his word on how I should look at this. And that's what you're going to learn this morning. Here's my first point. Our troubles reveal our need for Jesus. If we never had a trouble, we wouldn't know that God could solve it. If we never went through anything, we would never know him as deliverer. If we were never sick, we would never know him as healer. If we, were, if we always had an abundance in riches, we would never know that God is truly our provider. We need to know that God is with us and we need to know that we need him and we need his perspective on the things that we go through. Jesus said in John 16, I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. Let me stop right there. It's God's heart and God's desire that no matter what you're walking through, and we are all walking through something this morning, but God's desire and God's purpose for it is number one, that you would have peace. His peace, not the kind of peace that's temporary, artificial, something that comes from a bottle or a something else. He wants to give you his peace, the peace that passes all understanding. It goes beyond my human intellect. The peace that he gives that no person in this world could ever give me, the comfort and the peace that only God can give because he's the prince of true peace. It's heart peace. It's not fixing my situation so that I could be 
uh, I could exhale. No, it's peace, true heart peace, even though I'm walking through trouble, even though I'm walking through the fire, even though it feels like I'm going to drown in the water, God is with me and he has a purpose in it. He's going to bring me through. Jesus said, I have told you these things that in me you may have peace. In the world you will have trouble. But take heart, I have overcome the world. Ah, he says, in me you may, he wants us to have peace. In the world you're going to have trouble. In this world system, in this fallen world, there's going to be trouble. Jesus is saying this to his disciples before he goes by himself and prays his priestly prayer to the Father in John 17. And then in John 18, in the very beginning of the chapter, he's arrested in the Garden of Gethsemane and brought to crucifixion. This is right at the end of his earthly ministry where Jesus is saying to his disciples, listen, it's my will that you have peace. You're going to be walking through some turbulent times. There's going to be trouble in your life. There's going to be people that come against you. There's going to be persecution. It's going to be difficult. But listen, I am going to be with you and my peace will go with you. Come on. But in the world, you're going to have trouble. But take heart. Be encouraged. Be of good cheer. Cheer up. Because I have overcome the system that brings the troubles. It's not just that he says, I'm going to give you a trouble-free life. He's saying, I'm, I have overcome the very system that brings all these problems. Is anybody in the house this morning? It's almost afternoon. Don't be thinking about your lunch and where you're going to go to lunch. This is your spiritual food. <laughs> Amen. No, I'm just joking with you. It's good to be in the house of God with you. Take heart, he said. I have overcome the world. When he said trouble, you will have trouble. Trouble in the Greek means this. Maybe you can relate. Jesus said you will have trouble. When he said trouble, he said you will have pressure, affliction, tribulation, distress, stress, difficulties, pressure, suffering, Hardship, trials, persecutions. You will experience these things, but he didn't say, I'm going to give you a problem-free life. He said, I'm going to give you victory. You're going to conquer. You're going to overcome because I have overcome. In me, you have peace, and in me, you have victory. In me, you can overcome the very system that brings the trouble in your life. You can navigate through with my perspective, Jesus is saying. Because Jesus has defeated every foe on the cross, therefore he has vanquished every one of your foes. There's no enemy that can have any kind of authority over you because you have authority in the name of Jesus. No pressure, no matter what pressure you might be under, no matter what the world system throws at you, no matter how many afflictions or how much distress you may be experiencing, take heart, be encouraged, cheer up. Don't be sad. 
Don't be discouraged. Don't be down and out. Don't be hiding in the corner somewhere. Come on, stand up. Square your shoulders and say, God, what are you trying to say to me through this thing? God, I want your perspective, God. I, I know I'm walking through trouble. The rest of the world is walking through trouble. You said that I would have many troubles, many tribulations, God, but that you would deliver me through them all, God. You would deliver me out of them all, God. I know that you're going to bring perspective to me, but God, you're also doing something wonderful on the inside of me. I know that I'm going to come through. I know that I'm going to make it through because you are with me. Come on, are you starting to get a better perspective on your troubles? When he said, take heart, I have overcome the world. He said, I have deprived the world of its power to harm you. That's what it means in the Greek. I have, de I have deprived the world of its power to harm you. I have conquered it for you. He did it for us. Philippians 4.13 is our testimony. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Come on, can you say it with me? I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. You could go through everything. You can make it through whatever you're walking through right now. God is giving you strength to walk through it. In order to overcome our troubles, all it takes is the ingredient of faith. Faith in Christ. Faith in the one who has overcome. Faith in Jesus, here's my next point. Faith in Jesus turns our troubles into triumphs. Faith is that missing ingredient. Oh yeah, God, I forgot. I could trust you. I could believe in you. And, and you're, just not the, you're not just the God who came here 2,000 years ago to save me that I can go to heaven someday. Lord, you came that you are concerned with the things that I'm going through. You said in your word that you will perfect that which concerns me. You care about my everyday life and the things that I'm walking through. You said you would be with me even to the end of the age. Not just to drop salvation in me and then pick me up at the second coming. You're with me every step of the way. And you're not only with me, you're in me. And because you're in me, you must be doing something wonderful in me. Faith in God turns our troubles into triumphs. Here's the parallel verse to John 16 when he said, Uh, that he has overcome the world. 1 John 5, 4. John, that same John the apostle wrote, for everyone who has been born of God overcomes the world. That same spirit that's in Christ is in us. That same power to overcome the things of this world is in us who have been born again, who have been born of God, who have surrendered our lives as they were to Jesus and said, Lord, come into my life. Bring some perspective to my life. Lord Jesus, come into my heart. Forgive me of my sins. Let, give me a brand new start. I am brand new. I'm new. I'm born again. Born of God. I was born of my mother, but now I've been born of God. That's me 40 years ago when I gave my heart to Jesus. 
born, it says, for everyone who has been born of God overcomes the world, and this is the victory that has overcome the world, our faith. Our faith would never grow if it was never tested. Uh, did I lose you? Our faith would never grow if it wasn't tested. The Bible says that we, that, 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 that is the trial of our faith. The trial of our faith. It's not, it's not you being on trial. It's your faith that's on trial. When you go through things, when you look at trouble the wrong, from the wrong perspective, and you've got this trouble and this turmoil in your life, it's your, it's your faith that's on trial. But listen, God is going to bring you through that trial. He's your lawyer. He's your advocate. He's, gonna, he's your judge. He's going to bring you all the way through. And you're going to come through. Listen, the, the, you're going to come through. You're going to come through your, with your faith elevated, with your faith growing in him. But it would never grow if it wasn't tested, if it was never put on trial. If I had to go through anything, we would ne if we never had to go through, we would never know that God could bring us through. But if we try to face life without God, we're defeated every time. We try to do without him, we're defeated every time. But we need to exercise our faith in him. Don't run and hide in the midst of your trouble. Say, God, I'm going to trust you. Even though everything in my flesh is crawling and saying no I, I can't, I, 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 it's too hard. Look, it's, it's there, it's there that you're at that, it's, you're at that precipice that you're saying, God, I'm gonna choose to live by faith. I'm gonna choose to trust you that there must be a reason. There's nothing that happens in my life that you don't already know about. There's nothing that has happened in my life that you already knew from the beginning of time that it would happen. So I need to understand, God, why it's here. We need that perspective. 1 Peter 1.6 says this. In all of this, you greatly rejoice. Though now for a little while, you may have had to suffer grief in all kinds of trials. One translation says, if need be. I'm not saying that your life is just full of trouble and you're always like in a battle 24-7. Jesus said, in me, you'll have peace. He wants to give you peace. He wants you to live in peace. You know, him whose mind is stayed upon him, he's kept in perfect peace. But he says, if need be, you might have to walk through some trials. Verse seven, these have come so that the proven genuineness of your faith of greater worth than gold, which perishes even though refined by fire, may result in praise, glory, and honor when Jesus Christ is revealed. You know, we look at precious stones. We go to the jewelry store. We say, oh, what? Do I want to buy something for my wife? And then you see the price and you say, honey, I love you. Let's go to Panera. <laughs> but precious stones, you know, they're, they're precious to us. They cost a lot of money. Uh, but God says, the trial of your faith 
to him is more precious than gold. The thing that's of the most preciousness of this world, God says, from his perspective, what you're going through is so beautiful because you're going to come out refined as purest gold. Even though you walk through this fiery trial, even though I'm burning away all the things that are of you, I'm burning away all the things that are not, are not necessary. I'm burning away the wood, the hay, and the stubble. And I'm just refining the very preciousness of who you are in me. Somebody's getting it. He's refining you. He's not destroying you in this fiery trial. He's refining you. And you're coming through the other side more refined like silver, it's like, it's like the, the, the goldsmith and the silversmith. They put that, that metal into the burning fire. And all the impurities come to the surface and they, they remove the impurities and out comes a stone or, a, or a, a, a piece of gold or a piece of silver that's more refined and more beautiful, more shiny than ever. That's what God is doing in you in the midst of these trials. It's of greater worth to him than gold. Here's my third point. Three points today. I'm getting to it fast. I'm getting better at this thing. <laughs> third point. Our trouble, but this is the biggest point. Our troubles are momentary, but achieving eternal results. Our Somebody's getting it. Our, our troubles are momentary. There's a timeline on them. They won't be forever, but they're achieving something. Uh, I just thought, you know, God was mad at me and I'm going through this trouble in my life and it would just get rid of it. If I could just get rid of it, if I could just get rid of this debt, if I could just get rid of this relationship, if I could just, no, that's not what he's doing. No. Just for that, he'll keep it in your life. Long enough for you to say, God, I surrender. Okay, Lord, I surrender. What are you trying to say? He's always good. And he's always loving. But sometimes you got to get through this thick head, this thick skull. Get through to me, God. It says in 2 Corinthians 4.17, I love this, one of my favorite scriptures in, this, in the word. For our light and momentary troubles. Okay, from a weight perspective, and from a time perspective, God calls your troubles light and momentary. Somebody say light and momentary. That's what he calls your trials. For our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us eternal glory that far outweighs them all. Okay, light and momentary is being used to bring heavy and eternal. Are you getting it? Light and momentary is bringing forth the weight of his glory, which doesn't weigh an ounce. It's the glory of God revealed. We go through sufferings, we come out resurrected, and then we are glorified in the end. 
if we hold on to him long enough, maybe this is a little bit too deep, but we, the Bible says that we will be glorified. That means that God desires to reveal more of his presence, more of his perspective, more of his word, more of his spirit, more of himself to us. Simply by us clinging and holding on to him through our light and momentary troubles. He's producing eternal character on the inside of us. I'm doing this thing again where I'm preaching half the verse and then I'm going to the second half of the verse. Let me read the whole verse. For our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. So we fix our eyes not on what is seen, but on what is unseen, since what is seen is temporary and what is unseen is eternal. God, what are you saying in this? He's saying this, that we need to see things from his perspective because the trouble and the things that you see with your physical eye right in front of you, the relationships that you're going through, the issues in your life, is not the very thing that God is using to bring change. It's, that's not the thing that God's doing. That's a, 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 that is a result of the fall of man. Are you with me? But in the midst of it, God is working in the invisible realm. In the spirit realm, in the unseen world, God is working something behind the scenes, behind the veil that you can't see. And it's so much more weighty and it's so much more important and it's so much greater. If we would get a hold of this, we would realize there's a purpose for the trials. There's a purpose for the trouble that God is revealing more of himself, less of me and more of you, Jesus. That's what really what we want. I want to be able to say, Lord, you've done a work in me. It, it's, this was difficult. These troubles that I've walked through are difficult. Jerry and I have a resume this long of troubles we've been through. But I'm still here. I'm still standing. Jesus is still on the throne. And I'm here to say God is faithful. And he will bring you through all the way through to the other side. And his purposes will be realized. The, the thing is that we cannot look at the things which are seen. We have to say, God, what are you doing in the midst of this? Reveal to me the unseen. Do you know that you have the ability to see in the unseen world? John chapter 3 says this. Jesus said, you must be born again to see the kingdom of God. But like we said before, as soon as you're born of God, as soon as you're born of God, as soon as you're born again, your eyes are opened. You see the unseen world. You see eternity. You say yes to the eternal God. You say yes to the invisible God. I don't see God, but I know he's there. I don't, I don't know. I don't, I don't really understand everything, but my faith says he's in control. My faith says, and, and we would even die on this earth for an invisible God. We can see into the invisible realm. And God wants us to see the unseen purposes for what he's doing in our lives. 
I'm sorry if I get worked up about this stuff. Because I feel like if we have perspective on our troubles, man, it doesn't matter what I walk through. Okay, God, what are you saying? What are you doing in this one? Okay, God, give me your word on this one. God, I need a word from heaven. God, show me your word. God, I need, I need perspective. God, let me pray. Let me get there, God. Lord, what are you saying? Lord, Lord how, can, how should I be viewing this thing? Huh. And, we, and we close our eyes and we enter into this invisible realm in prayer. We ascend. Oh my gosh, it's too deep. We ascend to God in prayer. Listen, we, have, we get God's perspective. The Bible says that Jesus is exalted, right? He's been given the name that is above every name. He's ascended to the right hand, far above all principality and power. They are under his feet. The next chapter in Ephesians says, we are seated with him. We are seated with Christ in heavenly places. That means that the devil's under our feet. That means that we are ascended with Christ, that we can look down upon this fallen world and we can get his perspective on what we're going through. God, what is it that I'm going through that you're trying to speak to me? You're trying to show me. What kind of maturity are you bringing in me? What kind of thing are you trying to show me? What, what, what are you speaking? What's your word say about this? He's trying to achieve something. That's what it says. Achieving for us. Romans 5 gives us a hint of what these invisible attributes, because listen, in the midst of your trial, not only is God giving you perspective, he's working something eternal and invisible in you. He cares more about what he's doing in you than what he's doing for you even though he wants to bless you and he wants to, right? But he cares more about what he's doing on the inside of us than what he's doing for us. Oh God, bless me, bless me, bless me, bless me. I'm blessed, I'm blessed, I'm blessed, I'm blessed. Praise, 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 praise. I'm blessed, I'm blessed. What about what God's doing on the inside of me? We need to mature into that next level. I need to grow in the grace and the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. Right, I want to, and and with that, I want to know what is your perspective? How do you see this from fifty million feet up? Romans five gives us a glimpse. This is the amplified, classic amplified Bible version of Romans five three to five. I absolutely love this. This is going to help you. This is a mouthful. Are you you guys with me? I still got twenty five seconds. You know, they, 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 um, they, they're trying to tell me, you know, with these, with these numbers on the screen that I'm, I need to speed up my message. So they used to have these little numbers. Look at back there. Look how big those numbers are now. I've got eight seconds to finish my message. Pastor Lenny, could you speed it up a little? Sometimes I just can't. Sometimes I just can't. I got... I'm not saying I'm going to be here much longer. I just, I want to hear what the Spirit is saying to us while I'm preaching what he said to me here, right? This is wonderful. Romans 5.3, stay with me. Moreover, 
Let us also be full of joy now. Let us exult or rejoice and triumph in our troubles and rejoice in our sufferings. Huh, that's, that's a new perspective. Knowing that pressure and affliction and hardship produce patient and unswerving endurance. Man, don't you love that? Man, I am not moved. My feet are planted. I'm enduring this storm. I'm going through it, man. You can, you can crank it up as much as you want. Give me a level five hurricane. I'm planted. I'm not moving. Category five or whatever they call it. And endurance, unswerving endurance, verse four, and endurance or fortitude develops maturity of character or approved faith and tried integrity. Oh, we need some of this. And character of this sort produces the habit of joyful and confident hope of eternal salvation. Such hope never disappoints or deludes or shames us. For God's love has been poured out in our hearts through the Holy Spirit who's been given to us. We go through trouble sometimes and we say, God, is this gonna ultimately embarrass me? Is this ultimately gonna come against me? When we come under Christ and we say, Lord, show me your perspective, God, teach me how to take the right steps in the midst of my trouble, then God's saying, you're ultimately not gonna be disappointed. You're ultimately, it's, it's ultimately, you're gonna look back and you're gonna say, I'm sure glad that I held on to Jesus as I went through this trouble in my life because look at all that he's done. And, and these are just some of the things that God does just from this scripture. What trouble? can produce in us patience, endurance. I need these things. Fortitude, maturity, character. Whew. Approved faith, tried integrity, joy, hope, and lastly, love to pour out to others. Man, I've got something to give somebody because I've been through some things with Jesus. Come, I, I want that to be your testimony. I've got something to give someone else because I've been through some things with Jesus. I'm almost done. Here's James' perspective on our trials. James 1, 2. My brethren, counted all joy this is not a joyful thing, Lenny. This is a very difficult trouble that I'm going through. Don't you see that I need help? He's saying, count it all joy. Okay. In other words, I'm going to rejoice now because I'm going to believe that you're going to bring me through. And the end result is going to be good. I have an expected end of good. So therefore, I'm going to pretend that I'm fast forwarding to the end of my trouble trial. And I'm going to look back and rejoice now. Is that good? I'm going to, I'm going to, rather than wait till it's over and I can say, oh, yeah, God, thank you, Lord. In the meantime, we did everything possible that we shouldn't have done. No, I'm going to hold on to God here and I'm going to rejoice as if it's already done. Oh, thank you, Lord. And then when I get the answer and we were like, Phew, 
wiped the sweat off our brow, and God brought us through, then I rejoice with exceeding joy. And that's the kind of joy that spills over to others. And he'll wonder, well, how, how you be so happy? I've been through some stuff. I've been through, and I'm still going through some stuff. Some baby thought it was funny. <laughs> Count it all joy when you fall into various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience, but let patience have its perfect work, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. He's not saying perfect like anybody can ever become perfect. We're always a work in progress, but we can become mature. We could grow up into this thing, and we could get to the place where we say, you know, Jesus, you're enough. No matter what I've got to go through in life, you are enough. We really can get there as Christians. No matter where we are in our, in our maturity level, no matter where we are in our walk with Christ, we could get to the point where we say, Jesus, you're enough. Like David said, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. I have no other need. As long as I've got you, God, everything else is going to work its way out. Everything else is going to turn out okay because I've got you. I shall not want. I shall not be in need of anything because I have him. He's leading and guiding me as a good shepherd. All right, here's my answer. How to go from trouble to triumph. Number one, pray until you see what God sees in the unseen. Don't stop praying. Don't pray that God, you know, you know have vengeance on my enemies. Pray those, maybe you want to pray those prayers too. But more importantly, God, show me. Reveal yourself to me. Open my eyes that I could see into the spirit realm of what it is that you're doing in my spirit, in my heart, in my life, in my marriage, in, my, in me, in my maturity, in my character, in my hope. Tell me what you're, show me what you're doing in me. Don't stop praying until you see into the unseen. How many believe that you can see into the unseen now? Come on, 10 of you. How many could believe that you could see into the unseen? Yes, you can. You're a child of God. Come on, you are eternally bought. You are an eternal being housed in human flesh. You are a spirit person housed in human flesh. I'm gonna get in trouble for all this. Number two, stay focused on the Lord. Fix your eyes on him. Fix your mind on him. The Bible says the mind controlled by the Holy Spirit is life and peace. Is that control? No, maybe. The mind controlled by the Lord. Lord, give me your thoughts. Holy Spirit, cleanse my mind. A mind controlled by the Spirit is life and peace. I want to live a life of peace. Not a life of trouble, a life of peace. You get it? Now God's work circumvents the, or overcomes, that's the word. The life of peace overcomes the things of this world, the troubles in this world. Lastly, rejoice. You're becoming more like Jesus. Here's my last scripture. First Peter 4, 2, dear friends, don't be surprised at the fiery trials you are going through as if something strange were happening to you. Instead, be very glad Mm, that's different. Be very glad for these trials make you partners with Christ in his suffering so that you will have the wonderful joy of seeing his glory when it is revealed 
to the entire world. I love you so much, let me pray for you. Oh, they changed the number to zero. They changed, they changed the number to zero. No, I can't do that. I'm gonna get fired. I'm gonna get, I'm get fired up. I'm get fired up. Get fired up. Get fired. Get the fire of God. The fiery trial is fire. Let me pray. Such a privilege to be with you. In Jesus' name, Father, I pray, God, for this great church. I pray, God, for the things, God, that they are going through, that, Lord, your perspective is gonna be now seen. They're gonna pray until they see your perspective. And God, they're gonna, Lord, let you, they're gonna draw near to you and let you dictate the future and what you wanna show them and what you wanna do in them through this. God, thank you that you are at work in us. God, you're doing great things in us and even for us. Father, I pray your blessing upon this great church and upon every heart, every life, every marriage, every family, every person, everyone that's here. I pray your blessing over them, God, the blessing of you. In Jesus' name, amen and amen.